You've got to have skills to get on your feet. You better be tough to beat life's heat. I'm Mo Flavor, and we're starting refreshed with Hunters. We're giving young artists the platform they need by teaming them up with the biggest names in the industry. Follow their journeys weekly and catch everything behind the scenes at Hunters.coza as we start something. Hunters. Refreshed like nothing on earth. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. Hashtag remembering Biko. We, we see a completely non-racial society. We don't believe, for instance, in the so-called guarantees for minority rights because guaranteeing minority rights implies the recognition of portions of the community on a race basis. We believe that in our country there shall be no minority, there shall be no majority, there shall just be people. And those people will have uh, the same status before the law and they will have the same political rights uh, before the law. And that was during Steve Biko's banning and restrictions to the Eastern Cape between 1974 and 1976. And Dr. welcome and thank you so much. Thank you. So we're also joined by a rose amongst the thorns. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Me Kugumbi is a senior advisor at ASG and former member of the Black Lawyers Association. So she is also an advocate and was part of the later generation of Sasso leadership, which took the struggle further into the late 1970s and the early 1980s. And she was an activist based in Tuflop back then. And she also joins us to give us uh, her perspective on the life and the legacy of the late great Dr. Steve Biko. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. And certainly, last but not least, we're joined by Ndadet Diani Mabasa, who is a founding member and three-time president of Azapo. He was part of the generation that came in during the big trials in 1975 and uh, was based in Soweto then. So during his high school years in Soweto, Ndadet Mabasa became aware of the political situation in the country. Um, through reading material that was published by the South African Student Organization and his own experiences of mistreatment by the security police and having to produce a pass everywhere he went, like many other uh, black or black South Africans, in fact, who were living under the apartheid regime. And uh, it further awakened him to the reality of the implication of his skin color. So throughout his school years, Ndate Mabasa participated in the Sasso's activities, got involved in the student Christian movement. In 1998, he founded the Socialist Party of Azania based on the black consciousness movement values and ideologies espoused by Steve Biko. Thank you all and I welcome you. So I'm really, really, truly honored to be facilitating this discussion. And I just want us to have a very open, a very honest remembrance of him because uh, they killed him in 1977, but they certainly did not kill his ideologies. So first and foremost, um, I'll actually start with you, Ndate Pandalani, from your interactions with him. What were Steve Biko's core leadership qualities? Now, Steve Biko's core leadership qualities was that of being capable of bringing people of different thought processes, meaning that he was a man who likes debates, who likes to argue, who likes to sit around um, and have a beer. And, uh, <laughs> My uh, kind if, of guy. Even when you are having that beer, 
you will then be discussing political issues and concept. So he was a conceptual uh, person, mm. so to speak. And also he had the capacity of uh, uh, bringing in into his leadership people that perhaps some of them were even better than him. Right. And But because he had that capacity of bringing them together uh, so that they can together formulate a particular direction. Some of the writings that you see that he was a capable of doing, much of the thinking there uh, came from his colleagues. But he was just gifted in um, having to put those down into paper. But otherwise, um, he worked with a lot of people. If I had a time, I will give you a lot of them uh, one by one and describing uh, their particular qualities. So that was the kind of person uh, he was. Ntate Babasa, um, at the formation of the uh, Black Consciousness Movement, was the general feeling on you know, the people really at the time i'm more interested to know what exactly it was and um why did you target the youth specifically we there was a time after the beginning of the anc and the pac where black people were actually a broken people to a point where just to try and say something political from your home, from your teachers, everywhere people will say, please don't go there because people have gone to jail and whatever else they can say. It was a time when people went to jail for inscribing maybe the name Mandela on a mug at work. It was a time where if white people came walking on the pavement, we would have to go to the, to the street, even if there's danger of you being knocked by cars. And therefore, when... Sasu started at tertiary institutions. They started because they were starting a debate. Maybe the core thinking was what Biko said, saying we are, we are becoming spectators in the game we should be playing. We have to wait for Helen Sussman to say something about ourselves when actually we can say that ourselves because we have a lived experience. And that's why Black Consciousness was able to capture the mind of the youth. Uh, we often say Black Consciousness was simply the scientific articulation mm. of the conditions and also the aspirations of Black people. Mm. And I think that sums up why so many young people came to the Black Consciousness movement. All right. If you've just tuned in, uh, you, welcome to the discussion. Such an important day. Now, today we are honoring the legacy of Steve Biko and we're doing it in grand style. You're tuned into SABC Stephen Bantu Biko Memorial Special Broadcast on Metro FM. And I urge you really to just tweet us, uh, tag at Metro FM SA, make sure you hashtag Steve Biko Day and just share with us your favorite quotes. Share with us um, some of your favorite, uh, perhaps even stories that you will hear about Steve Biko in today's conversation. Share the information uh, for any young person out there that is not tuned into the radio right now. 
Call your friends, call your relatives, make sure that they tune into Metro FM and be part of the conversation. Let's keep the movement going on social media, on Twitter. And you're more than welcome to call in because we will be taking your calls. If you have any questions for the panel, you can call in on 089-110-3377. You can also tag me at Masa Chabandrovo. And uh, we're joined on the panel by Ndate Pandelani Nefolovotwe, Professor Itumeleng Musala, Ndate Tiani, uh, Mabasa as well as Gumbi. So Mama let me come to you uh, First and foremost you know, One of the things that has always interested me About Steve Biko uh, As a young person Is really more than anything Just how fearless and how selfless He was A quality that we don't really see Very often today Because the circumstances have certainly changed But what for you would you credit to be the legacy that Steve Biko, uh, or at least the legacy that we should remember? Well, I, I think for me, one of the most important uh, uh, values that I take from the Black Consciousness Movement, I mean, I, I, I'm not a contemporary of Steve Biko. I was just about nine years old when he led the walkout from Nusas to form Sasso. <laughs> but yeah. I think the, the the most important value that I take from him is one of, of self-reliance for me. You know, you, you have to do things for yourself. You have to, and you have to occupy the space that that is around you. When, when you walk into a place, whether it's at work, whether it's at school and all that, you, you have to make people be aware that that's your space. Mm. You know, we are, we are, I always say to people, there are all sorts of rules that we have to deal with in this country. And some people forget that they are guests, they are our guests. Mm. So mm -hmm. the rules that must apply are, <laughs> are our rules right. that must apply. So for me, it's that, that fearlessness continues to this day. There's never a day when I don't confront injustice, when I don't confront, um, you know, the denigration of, of black people, not a day goes by. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a kind of, of, of legacy that he has left. And, and I see it every day also with the young people. I mean, many people have spoken about it, working with young people, that fearlessness. And, and lastly, you know, the person who captured it well for me was, was uh, uh, Madiba. He says, you know, the first time I confronted young people that were fearless was when the Black Consciousness Group arrived on Robben Island. Wow. He says, you know, at that time we were so scared of the warders. And when the warders said stand, these guys would sit. When the warders said sit, they would stand, including <laughs> Nev. And Madiba says, I told them that these whites are going to kill you. And they said to me, so what? Wow. So they had conquered fear and they had conquered fear of white supremacy. And for me, that's, that's really for me, it's my daily mantra. Right. Yeah. I love what you said about, you know, really just owning our space and uh, knowing that they are visitors. The sad reality is that they own 87% plus of our land. So we have lost our sense of self. And Professor, what do you have to say to this, especially in light of the legacy that uh, Steve Biko has left us, as Megumbi has articulated? Let me say, Master Chava, that uh, I am proud that um, 40 years after Steve's death, we have not... Um, 
surrendered on that matter. We, we boycotted the first elections uh, for a new dispensation in South Africa precisely because we felt very strongly that if the land question is not central to the arrangement and the settlement uh, that was being given to black people, then actually the package is faulty. Hmm. We are not going to be free. People laughed us, at us in 1990, 92, up to 94, mm. and particularly because we refused to participate in the elections. Even Archbishop Desmond Tutu was not happy with us. I still have memories of him after voting, shouting and saying, I am free. I am so glad mm. that he has lived to see that we are not free. The only thing that people have to accept was that Steve had inculcated the courage um, that you've talked about, um, the fearlessness uh, that we've talked about, that uh, Mujanku was talking about just now, um, and the intellectual depth mm. um, uh, that Steve uh, had, which Pandelani has just talked about. It was just incredible. In my view, the two other things that we haven't talked about, that we don't talk about sufficiently, are one, that Steve Biko was an organizational genius. Now, when I look at black organizations at the moment, and notably the African National Congress, I mean, not that I hold any brief for the ANC. <laughs> um, but, you know, the ANC is the oldest movement in our country. Sure. And it was built over many years by our parents, by, by strong people, to see it in the disarray in which it is means that we've missed something of the things that we should have inherited from Steve Biko. There are no organizational geniuses anymore. There are just self-serving people everywhere. Our own movement has been weakened over time. Uh, we would blame, of course, the ANC for this because they made sure <laughs> that we didn't have the resources. They spoke ill of us. They called us CIA, all kinds of bad stuff. I'm glad that the philosophy of Bugo has survived to make people turn around 23 years down the line, that the lies that was, were, were, were talked about. In, in fact, you know that the president of the ANC and the president of South Africa went to the Biko uh, cell for the first time in his life in his life and in the life of everybody else i mean the government has never ever thought about the fact that it is true that steve was killed uh, in a cell in in, in pretoria pretoria central mm. my point is simply that um, the anger that the fees must fall uh, student movement showed that's the anger that steve said unless black people are that angry, have that anger. There is no freedom coming. We're seeing it in America. We're seeing it all over the all, all over the world. The fate of black people in the world is a major issue. All right. Tweet me your comments and questions at Masachaban Lovo and at Metro FMSA. Use the hashtag Steve Biko Day. You're tuned into the SABC Stephen Bantu Biko Memorial Special Broadcast. And when we come back, we will continue the conversations around this organizational genius. And we'll be taking your calls on 089-110-3377. Hashtag Remembering Biko. If we have a mere change of face of those in governing positions, 
what is likely to happen is that black people will continue to be poor and you will get a few blacks filtering through into the so-called uh, bourgeoisie and our society will be run almost as of yesterday so that for meaningful change to occur there needs to be uh, an attempt at reorganizing the whole economic pattern and, and economic policies within this particular country. It is 26 minutes after 8 p.m. You're tuned into Metro FM. My name is Masichaban Lovu. This is the SABC Stephen Bantu Biko Memorial Special Broadcast. And uh, so many tweets coming through. Thank you so much. Keep hashtagging uh, Steve Biko Day. We have a tweet here. Um, I'm particularly very impressed by the fact that a lot of young people are showing up for these conversations. Now, here's one from Sabela Alfred who says, I remember my teacher telling us about how he died. I really wanted to know more of him and his mission and his purpose in life. And this is very interesting that he should say this because um, he actually goes on to say that uh, he feels as though the world speaks more about how he died than how he lived and what he actually stood for. So we absolutely appreciate these tweets and you're more than welcome to continue to tweet and uh, make sure that you call in with your questions on 089-110-3377. Hopefully we'll have time to get to them before the end of the conversation. And if you have just tuned in, we're joined in the studio by Ndate Pandelani Nefolovotwe, Professor Itumeleng Mosala, Ndate Diani Mabasa, and Me Mujangu Gumbi, and all of whom are here to contribute their insights into the legacy of the great Steve Bantubiko. So in just a few moments, we will be um, also getting the perspective of the woman who you've just heard from now, Simpiwa Dana, who dedicated an entire album to the legacy of the late Steve Biko. She'll be joining us uh, in about approximately 10 minutes or so, but you can continue to tweet your questions in the meantime. So, Ndate Pandelani, um, first and foremost, let's talk about the matters around black consciousness. Because one minute it feels as though we as the youth are grasping this concept. The next minute we're losing it. Uh, I'm not certain where we are, quite honestly, uh, especially in light of the uh, new hair movement, in light of the new skin lightening movement. I have no idea what is going on without judgment. But 
I certainly don't want to think that black consciousness is purely about the aesthetics. What is it for you? Now, black consciousness is for uh, black people, particularly. Uh, black consciousness was brought about by the fact that black people lived under certain material circumstances that defined their destiny. And those circumstances were defined by others. The white supremacists had decided that these are the conditions under which black people will live. And those who have done a little bit of psychology, they will realize that once you are placed in material circumstances, you develop a consciousness governed by those material circumstances. Mm. And that consciousness, in this case, where the material circumstances were of an oppressive nature, brought about an inferiority complex. Mm. Right? amongst all the black fellows who were living under those circumstances. Uh -huh. So that inferiority complex made them to feel inferior to white people in particular. So we had to come in and intervene that if we continue to have that inferiority, we are never going to be anywhere in the world. And then we started preaching uh, black pride. We started preaching the fact that you should never deform yourself on the basis that you will become white and therefore become more beautiful. Wow. Right? wow. So that is why even today, uh, I hate to see black women mm. wearing other people's hair. Really, <laughs> I hate. Because they, they, they were born with their own hair. So the fact that they want to wear other people's hair it's it's a really a phenomenon which must be must be must be attended Addressed. to. I need to jump in there. Yeah. I need to jump in there. Megumbi is rolling her eyes. You have a beautiful afro. Why are you rolling your eyes, Mama? Well, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not rolling my eyes. I just I I well as a as a, a later participant of black consciousness, I I've always understood it to be not against anybody but for Aha. black people. Aha. You know, so anyone who identifies with that struggle to create the humane face that Biko spoke mm. about would become, as Date Mabasa said, it's not a question of how much melanin you have in your skin ah. and, and all of that. Now, I, I, at a personal level, people will tell you that I also have issues with, you know, this foreign hair and all of that but I have found some of the most contradictory manifestations of black consciousness among people who may have that hair that Ntatenafolofoda doesn't like and all that yes. but those people are truly in many ways black conscious because for me it's not about appearance and all of that it's about a fundamental transformation huh. of the country and to allow black people to reclaim uh, their land and that their is space, so you profound. know, but not against anybody, as I say, but for. Right. So you have to identify with that agenda for 
black people. So we need to be careful not to lose the focus. And, uh, you know, I know that the Yuma Sekela won't even take a picture with you if you have weave on your head. I also have great men. Great men, but let's call it what it is. I just wanted to say that there are, as you can tell, even in the room, there are people with lots of wounds from a past that is fractured, you know, and even broken people. Yeah, broken people. People, people maybe so in the form of like ex-girlfriends yeah. <laughs> no, no 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 all right let me behave political but, uh, but, but right. the most important thing is the question of identity right. you see you, you can't have an identity if part of you you feel that it is not appropriate I hear uh, it doesn't matter whether you are in a black consciousness movement or any person on earth for that person to have an identity and to live as a proud person, that person must be able to be proud of his body, proud of anything that that person was born with, and that is precisely the point I, I'm, 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 that you're I'm, putting I'm making across. to say, look, you don't have to deform yourself in order to become something else. Okay. I always make an example with uh, one young fellow who was born in America called Michael Jackson. Michael uh, Jackson? Yeah, he went into a terrible, terrible life span where he wanted to, <laughs> he wanted to be white all the time. And, uh, and that's, that's a terrible thing because inside you, in your soul, I'm not a person who believes in souls, but in your soul, <laughs> but in your soul, okay. you, are, you are destroyed. You are destroyed completely. We may see you uh, moving around very as if you are happy, but inside, because you you are you are you are denying uh, your own basic existence it's highly it's highly debatable and we certainly could debate it the yeah. whole night yeah. but you know uh, michael jackson did die of uh, an overdose of drugs that were meant to numb his pain so you may have a point uh, mm. it's it's up for discussion but Ndate, let's talk about the issue of language identity yes. comes up a lot when we think about the legacy of steve pico how important is language and what do you think he would have uh, perhaps represented where our language is concerned. It's incredible that already at that time, among a generation of very, 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 very young people, I mean, I, you, you said I'm second generation. I'm kind of part of first generation <laughs> and part of second generation okay. because I was with, there with them quite early. But already um, at that time, one of the things we did as a result of being black conscious, because the thing was we embarked on a strong campaign to conscientize mm. people, a political conscientization program. And um, among the things that we regarded as important was reappropriating our own languages. We started speaking our own languages. Up until then, to be clever was to speak English or Africans. Right. And what Steve did was I, th I think an audit was started, an audit of colonial colonialism on black people. That audit should have been continued, particularly by the new government in South Africa, because apartheid itself had a major, major dis destructive impact on us as a people. Mm. Now, Steve says we must own our own struggle, we must own our own spaces. But he says, actually, we're not armed to do so. Hmm. We're not equal to the task. Because Why is that? We, because we have been destroyed. Because hmm. 
insight there is that we have an internal mm. domestic problem of inferiority complex how else do you explain where we are today in south africa i have one more explanation mm. what about our education system because uh, how mm. do we then begin to instill our sense of identity mm. when we send our kids mm. to schools that say mm -hmm. you're not allowed to speak vernacular mm. when you're on the school grounds. Mm. We but are not allowed to speak vernacular when we are within our workspace. Let me be controversial. I think they are right. You think they're right? The reason why they are right is because the government that was supposed to have deposed an old educational system did not do yeah. so. Hmm. So what we did was to reallocate our people within the same school system that was created by the apartheid masters. Hmm. So what do people do? They think, no, if you go to a white school, uh, you're better. But white schools are meant for white people and white schools talk don't talk uh, Bantu languages in white schools. <laughs> I run. think that's go still there, how you deserve <laughs> what you get yeah. if you go there. Absolutely, how some white people still see it and some black people also in Tatemabas. Well, I think in the in the hideous of, of the struggle, there yeah. were, we used to say apartheid cannot be reformed yeah. in any way. Mm. You need to destroy it. Mm. But in 1994, I, I, I make a statement. I say President Nelson Mandela became the first president of the Republic of South Africa who was not white. Mm. Not that I hate him, but it's the, the whiteness, the mm. apartheid was not actually broken in 1994 it, it it was allowed to continue the question of language the black Consciousness movement had succeeded in making our languages important but not an issue of division but in the new situation hey it's nice to be 100 percent zulu it's nice to be 100 percent vendor and language again is no longer used as an instrument to capture our idiom our culture it's used in the manner it's in which it divides our people wow. so all all these issues are being turned and changed and made to fight against us mem janku was right that black consciousness when they posed the question to steve biko that are you against white people actually it was posed to sasso and sasso says no it's not because we are against white people we are simply pro black which is the question she talked about that we are for we are not talking about other people mm. we are not concentrating about other people we are speaking about our own conditions and what we can do to transform the lives of our people hmm. sure megumbi i i really i want to come to you to find out from you you know where we are systematically uh, we are still we are celebrating the legacy of Ndate Biko, but I'd like to see us get to a point where we actually can say that we are applying his ideologies. Because at the end of the day, you mentioned uh, Professor Hore before, mm. back in the day, if you knew English, if you knew Afrikaans, oh. you know, you were progressive as a black person, you were better. It's still like that. <laughs> Nothing much has changed, evidently. Mm. Well, Master Chava, the only thing I would say is that, uh, first of all, building nations takes a long time. I mean, a cohesive nation, especially coming from uh, the, the divided past that we come from. Secondly, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've had the privilege of working a lot outside South Africa. And, and at the same time, I've, I've met the horror of broken nations, mm -hmm. you know, rebuilding that takes a lot of time. The, and, and then South Africa finally is very messy. 
you know our history mm. i use that word deliberately mm. our history is messy issues of identity you know there's there was no filter you know the the colonialists arrived here and 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 they really you know penetrated every area of our being so if you ask me who i am it's very difficult because i've got white ancestry in my i'm from tabanju and i've got white ancestry mm. in my history i've got and it was it was a conquest as well so we south africa i know we are not wouldn't unique said she's so black i wouldn't have said. <laughs> <laughs> i do i have family with blue eyes and, and and all yeah. of that so i'm all i'm saying is that i understand uh, you know uh, my my comrades anger but i look at it through the eye of what do we have to do to build towards that humane face as i say i want to talk about just that when we come back in a moment we're going to talk solutions um we're going to have about five to seven minutes to conclude this conversation and i want you all to ponder on a way forward for south africa in light of the legacy of the great steve biko please do tweet us at masachabandlovo at metro fmsa hashtag steve biko day Hashtag remembering Biko. I think there is no running away from the fact now that in South Africa there is such an ill distribution of wealth that any form of political freedom which does not touch on the distribution of, uh, proper distribution of wealth will be meaningless. It is 18 minutes to 9 p.m. Thank you so much for being part of our special tonight. Thank you to all the young people who are really part of the solution. You're part of the progress that Africa is making. We're getting there every single day. And it's so exciting to be to represent an entire generation of people who who get it, who are mm. enlightened, who are conscious. And today, as we really reflect on the ideologies of Steve Biko. We do so with an intention to to really think around solutions of how Africa can continue to move forward. And uh, I'm joined by an amazing panel who are here who've been giving great insights on where we are and really where we come from. Ndate Pandelani Nefolovotwe, Professor Itumeleng Musala, Ndate Tiani Mabasa and Memo Janku Gumbi and all of whom are really brilliant minds um, who are contributing and have been doing so effectively to South Africa's and, and Africa's progress. So, so many tweets from all of you. Thank you so much, Mulebule uh, Kwane. Thank you to Dorothy Ngobeni, who is grateful for the special broadcast and says that she really appreciates it. And um, thank you to Pete Kokwe, as well as uh, The Real TD. I see you all. She says black consciousness is a state of mind mm. and uh, thank you to Rebaunemulema who says it's for platforms like Metro FMSA that we are grateful going back to our roots and being told about our history thank you and we truly are proud as a station to really represent a dynamic uh, generation of young people who are thought leaders like the people who are tuned in and contributing to the discussion so we're now joined on the line by Firebrand the firebrand of South Africa, award-winning songwriter and musician, Simpiwe Dana, who conscientized with her great tribute to the great Steve Biko, 
the One Love Movement on Bantu Biko Street. So she joins us on the line. Uh, Simpiwe, welcome and thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Mastava, and hello to the panel, and hello to the Mastava family. Hello to Good you evening. too. Good evening. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> you are warmly welcome. How influential was Steve Biko to you as a woman in uh, South Africa growing up? Well, actually, I first encountered his teachings when I was in junior school. I was in standard five um, at the time, and I and I think it really just changed my my outlook on on blackness and basically like the location of blackness um, in, in in South Africa in our communities, and also you know um, where I fit in as, as a young black person. You know whether or not I have a future in this country. You know having grown up in quite abject poverty, you know. Um, mm. He made me feel like I was a whole universe by myself and basically wow. I could do anything that I put my mind to doing. And that was a very, very powerful uh, um, inspiration that he, he gave me, which is why at some point I had to write about this man who really changed my outlook on life. How did you first hear of Steve Biko? I, I first... Um, at school, there were bioscope days, right? Where there was... <laughs> don't expose your age old. now. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't mind. Um, yes. So on, on, on the bioscope days, like, they would play some movies. You know, like in the trans guy, um, people are very sneaky in, when it comes to politics. Yeah. You know, you, you'd, be, uh, you'd be spoon fed like this politics without them ruffling any feathers uh, as far as, as they could anyway. So... They played this, this this movie called Quite a Beloved Country, um, you know, at, at at school. And that mm. was the first time I encountered, you know, this man and what he stood for and what he was all about and what he died for. And then after that, I, I, I looked for his books. I was quite a bookworm when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, to the point where I had read the whole library, but I didn't find this one book. So one day I found it by Donald Wood called uh, I Write What I Like. And oh. I really then got acquainted with his teachings. And I carried that with me throughout my childhood into, you know, varsity. When I was in spaces where I didn't feel comfortable, you know, I was like, okay, you know, you know your your own universe, right? You are complete. You are a complete package mm-hmm. by yourself. There's mm-hmm. nothing that you need that's outside of yourself. And it's something that, having read his interviews, you know, his, his writings, it's, it's, it's what it taught me. So it, it was a very powerful force in my life growing up. Until this day, in fact. Having consumed so much of his ideologies, what would you say black consciousness means to you as an individual today in 2017? It means self-love. For me, if I were to to just use two words Mm. to describe what black consciousness is, it means self-love. Let me tell you, everyone in the studio just nodded collectively. There was a collective mm. <laughs> so yes. on the money. <laughs> <laughs> on the money. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. It, it definitely means self love. And, you know, to a people that have been stripped of all of that, you know, of any semblance of humanity, of being part of a bigger whole, it, it's, it's such a powerful, um, um, I, you know, ideology to adopt and, and to live by. So what led to the writing of the song, The One Love Movement, on Bantubiko Street? Um, okay, so I just had a very successful first album, and that 
say to me, just touch a little bit on my self-love politics, like that, that whole love yourself first. Mm. And, and, and I thought people perhaps needed to know where I, I got that from. You know, mm. what was the powerful force behind, you know, uh, my my way of thinking and, and my way of, of seeing life. Right, right. And 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 also, um, I, I I did feel like it would enrich so many of us to actually know and adopt this concept of, of self love because you know post 1994, we were not really taught that. Hmm. You know now uh, about sorry. No problem. Let's talk very briefly about the you mentioned the adoption of self love. How are you man- manifesting that in your life? today in a way that honors the legacy of Steve Biko, even if it's in little day-to-day things? You know, um, so I hardly ever doubt myself. Yeah. That's one of the things. You know, if, mm. I feel some, if I feel strongly about something, I know it comes from somewhere and it's important. Um, so I, I, I don't doubt myself. Um, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I go and get what I feel strongly about in my spirit. Yeah, and that's one of the of the aspects of of, of self love, that you know you you actually honor your own humanity, you mm-hmm. honor your passion. Simpiwa, thank you so much. Thank you for the song. Thank you for the music, and thank you for your honesty. Thank you for making time for us tonight. Thank you so much, Sam, and thank you to the panel. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Hashtag remembering Biko. Yeah, we, we are, as I was saying, of the view that um, we should operate as one united whole towards uh, attainment of an egalitarian society for the whole of Azania. And therefore, any entrenchment of tribalistic, racialistic, or any form of sectional uh, outlooks is abhorred by us. We hate it and we seek to destroy it. And just like that, we are nearing the end of this special broadcast, reflecting on and really digesting, unpacking the legacy of Steve Biko. So, Mohwati J. Leboho on Twitter says, The big challenge is that the older generation is not mentoring the youth, and we only have uh, one hour to honor. (laughs) (laughs) If I was the owner of time, if I was God, I swear I would give you all the hours in the world, I promise. But uh, we appreciate this feedback with love. And this is, we... We are, we have been on this movement, and we promise that we will continue as uh, we engage and reflect on these conversations. But you know, these conversations don't need to wait for the radio. Come on now, you need to have these conversations on Twitter. Yeah. Have the you are a man who should also be mentoring other young men. So who are we waiting for? It starts with us. In closing. Um, We've been joined by our panel of uh, very powerful individuals who've been giving insight on who Steve Biko was, who he is, because I I believe that he will forever exist because his ideas will live on forever. And what are we doing about what he and many others who have passed on, some who are still alive, have represented? So in closing, uh, I would like to get a remark from each and every single one of you pertaining particularly to the move forward. Where are we going as a country? Where are we going as Africa? 
What are these legacies? What are these ideologies? What should they mean to us on a day-to-day basis? Now, mine is a very simple matter. Is that in 1994, we accepted a package. Which package has now legalized theft of our land? Hmm. That package says we cannot claim land from those that took it by force. And therefore, when we want our land back, the Constitutional Court will say that is unconstitutional Mm. when actually we want what belongs to us. So that legalization of, of, of that theft must be dismantled. We have now to go forward. It means that which is said to be the best constitution in the whole world. It is not best when actually it has legalized inequality. The, the things that they are talking about, South Africa is, is the, the, the most inequal society. Is the legalization that is in our constitution, the one that we go around being proud of. We are being proud of oppression. Thank you. Wow. We heard you loud and clear in that day. Professor Itumeleng Musala. Three phrases uh, in three versions. Land, land, land. Economy, economy, economy. Education, education, education. Thank you, Ntate. Sure, Memo Jangkukumbi. Well, I I wish we had more time. Um, I think the first thing I would say is that moving forward, we have to to really start thinking very deeply and and theorizing our reality. I, I like what Mamdani says about that because we have to understand, you know, we, we have to all stop being lazy and really understand where we are and what those statements mean, you know, made by Ndate uh, Mosala and Ndate Nefolofote. Just quick example, I was saying to some young people, if we take the combined wealth of the two wealth of the two richest people in South Africa, Oppenheimer and Rupert, mm. It's about 14 billion rand, uh, I mean 14 billion US dollars, which is about maybe 200 billion rand. It will just clear the SAA debt. I mean, even <laughs> if just one SOE, if we take all of their money. So yes, redistribution, yes, I support that, but growth, hmm. that's what is going. We only have 1.3 trillion available to our people. The growth is just as important as redistribution. So I will say my takeaway from Biko is what Pandelanya Folofoda said. Think, 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 intellectualize, analyze, and be really accurate in, in what we're doing. That's, that's what I ask young people to do all the time. Thank you. Kalebua Mama, thank you so much. Ntatema Basa. Chaba, if all of us are agreed that Biko was right on a lot of things and also agree that Biko is not dead, like you have said, I can't see why it won't make any sense to say make Biko president. Because if you say so, you would challenge all the things that we see, you'll be able to deal Liba and Ababa something by school. You'll be able to deal with the land issue. 
which I think need a constituent assembly to overturn the present constitution because this constitution that is Zuma goes to parliament speaks very well will expropriate land and so on and what does this party say the ANC you can't do that because it's not constitutional so hmm. we need a mechanism that will challenge the present constitution and there can be no better const- uh, me- mechanism rather than a constituent assembly with all powers and fully sovereign hmm. Wow, and uh, the nation has heard you. The youth of South Africa have heard you. And I certainly take my hat off to each and every one of you for your honesty and for the brilliance of your minds. I'm grateful that you made the time to be here for this very important discussion. And for those who say that we talk and we talk and we keep talking. Well, the worst thing that can happen is for us to stop talking. Mm-hmm. One day we'll get to a situation where we will have museums where we take our children and we point out the fact that we once had a language called Sesotho. Mm-hmm. We used to speak Sesolo. Mm-hmm. And before it gets to the point where we no longer have the option to even uh, reappropriate to even begin to balance out the economic imbalances and social injustices of this country. It's time that we continue, we vigorously engage in these debates and discussions and that as young people, I think the way forward personally as a young person is to just take responsibility for your own life. You're looking for a mentor. There may not be one around you. Look inwards. Look inwards. So many young people on Facebook and on Twitter and so many crying about the same thing. Have these conversations. Organize yourselves. Gather. There was a time when a group of people could not even, you couldn't even be three or four and yeah. be gathered in one That's place. Right. We have the power to do that now. From the bottom of my heart. And thank you to all the listeners out there. Thank you to Metro FM for the special broadcast. Continue the conversations. Hashtag Steve Biko Day. And continue the discussions on Twitter. It's been an incredible one hour. And uh, I'd say we got a lot in. A lot is yet to be done. But this has been the SABC Stephen Bantu Biko Memorial Special Broadcast. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. having thank us. You thank, you very much. Having thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Table Mountain. We got you covered. 88.6.